Welcome to the Finding Neverland podcast. We are Finding Neverland, a metalcore band that loves Jesus Christ, and we are here to stand firm in our calling of following, learning from, and loving the one we call Yahweh. Whether you're a fan of Finding Neverland music or just curious to learn more, we hope this episode has blessed you as much as it has blessed us. You can join us live every Friday night on our Facebook page. We hope to see you there. What's up, man? Oh, it's nothing much. Yeah. Chilling up here. In the, in, we're up here in the cloud, man. We are in the cloud in the mountains. It's foggy. It's foggy. Yeah, we got some snow today. Um, <laughs> cold, everybody. I know it's been yeah. it's cold today. Um, yeah, welcome, everybody. This is our ninth, ninth Finding Neverland podcast. That's and, pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's going. Um, yeah, tonight we're just going to uh, be kind of chatting. Um, anybody who's watching live, you are welcome to uh, ask a question on the chat below. Um, but for the most part, we're just going to be kind of hanging out, talking. Kind of a cold, cold Friday here in Colorado, so kind of wanted to yeah. do like a fireside chat staying warm and stuff so. right yeah yeah definitely yeah well last week yeah maybe somebody will yeah yeah maybe, maybe somebody will participate sure. um but uh other than that man uh you know i just uh i just had a thought today you know um maybe i'll start us out here just to Go for thinking it, about things okay yeah. uh you know it was a uh, i just had this thought and uh i left work early the boss was like get out of here i was like all right so i just kind of like laid down just was meditating a little bit and it, it felt like god was really pressing on me to uh investigate the validity of the bible and uh it's uh you know, truthfulness and uh, how uh, real and uh, provable that it actually is. Uh, and because yeah. I've, I've, I've heard tidbits and stuff over the years where I'm like, wow, I never knew that. Wow, nobody ever talks about this. They just take it for what it's worth and they say, oh, it's God's word. And then it's like, well, they don't believe this God's word. So you've already lost them right away when you say, well, I just have faith. And faith, you know, faith is faith is what does it, you know, you got to have faith. And that's always your like, end all be all. And that's not where they end. You know, that's not where a lot of people end. Um, they really are critic, you know, they are huge critics of the Bible. And why shouldn't we be critics of something too? Um, that claims yeah. to be the inerrant word of God, you know, and just uh, test it and, and put it up against uh you know, history and other things like that. Um, you know, just just uh, a few facts that I that I know offhand. You know, uh, is that I think there's I don't know how many books are in the Bible, but is it like fifty six or sixty four? I don't know. Uh, twenty seven in the New Testament, I believe. Twenty seven New Testament. So, like, the fact that all of these books were compiled 
over a span of more than, you know, 2,000 years total, uh, several different authors from several different cultures, uh, languages, time periods. Um, you had Luke, who was, uh, um, I'm sure he spoke Greek. Uh, he converted to Judaism uh, yeah. as one of the, as one of the, uh, the gospel writers, but uh, he, I'm sure he wrote in Greek. I'm there's sure. 66. Uh, so oh, 66. Okay. Yeah. So like the fact that all of these books intersect with one another, and that not all of them intersect with one another, but the fact that uh, you can just look up all of these cross references and prophecies that yeah. came true. And the fact that, you know, they borrowed from the old Testament and the new Testament to say, yes, this is true. And they quoted the old Testament and the fact that Jesus Christ himself you know, quoted the Old Testament um, and, and, and claimed also to be God himself um, while resurrecting and having more than 500 witnesses see him walking around and alive three days after he was just crucified and dead. And the Romans don't really mess around, man. They, they, he was dead. Uh, they, they made sure he was dead and they buried him in a rich man's tomb, uh, it says. It was just uh, kind of like, well, he can have this, you know. And uh, really, there's just so much evidence to point towards these events actually taking place. Yeah. And not that we should base our faith off of those things by themselves, like we have to prove God's existence or prove um, that God is very interested in uh, our history and our lives it, it, on an individual level too, as well as a nation or as well as a planet. Um, but uh, there's just too much evidence, man. And I'm sure there's books out there that just say the evidence for God or, uh, you know, uh, different things like that. But uh, just, you know, it's just, it's just, there's no other document in the history of mankind that comes close to what this document is when you yeah. compile all these books together and you know the last and, thing i was going to say yeah go ahead oh is uh the, when they found the dead sea scrolls and uh yeah uh in some caves over in israel uh the fact that they were like oh man we need to find they found so many of the old testament books and then they were like well we found the gospels also uh and it, and it turns out it, it came from this a uh, tribe over there in, in Israel, or it was just a tribe of mostly men, and they just, uh, you know, the history behind those scrolls, they knew where it came from. It came from this town right next to it, where they, all, mostly they just uh, transcribed scripture, and they transcribed books, and the fact that all of these were all found in the same spot is really eerie to me. They're all found in these clay jars. They were scrolled up, and they were hidden in these caves because it was like they were destined to be found years later as a testament to these things being true. And they were like, oh, my gosh, it's matching up every single word, every single, you know, sentence yeah. is the same. When we when we when we translate it from Hebrew into Greek and then from Greek into English. Oh, my gosh, it's just so accurate that today's Bible is so accurate. Um, and I'm not going to get into like King James Version and all of that kind of stuff because it all is very accurate. Um, there might be some minor differences and things like that, but 
you'd have to go to the Hebrew and then also the Greek to translate it properly if there's certain discrepancies that you come across for certain words and stuff. Um, they mean different things. And uh, but overall, they were like, we just we just haven't found Isaiah yet. You know, we haven't found Isaiah. And then, then there was another cave that they found and Isaiah was in there and it was like a completion of their their findings. And they found Isaiah along with many other copies of the other books of the Bible too in that one cave. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was like, you know, so so orchestrated how they how they dug this up and they found out this information. And they went around the, the US, uh, probably the world with a tour of certain, you know, uh, certain clippings of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And it was like a tour they did uh, I didn't end up going. I think they came through Denver, but it was like a viewing tour, you know, where you could see the actual parchment paper from, you know, over 2000 years ago when they were transcribing all of these uh, books. And why would they be transcribing all these books? And their faith was so, you know, they were a Jewish community of mostly men, you know, pretty much all men they found out. Um, yeah. There was no women there. So it was like a really monk-like uh you know, it was a really uh, just not, there was no, no women around, you know, they, they really, I don't know if there was women that they had in, the, in another town or what was going on, but I think it was just a community of monks, basically Jewish monks. And they were like, well, we were, this is what we do day and night, day and night. We're just sitting here transcribing this. And it gave them purpose in life, you know, where they just, they just went, they just went went all out with these Dead Sea Scrolls and uh, that's just a major finding in the last you know uh couple decades that uh well I don't know when they found it actually I don't know if it was in the 80s or 90s or even more recently but uh they just keep finding more and more evidence and you look in uh Israel today and there's 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 two major groups there's there's the the group that you know, believes the Bible is true and it's the word of God. And there's, there is a group in Israel that's like, no, we, we want to prove it wrong. We want to prove this wrong. You know, we're not, you, none of this is true and, and, and all that. They want to deny God's existence at the most, at the highest level. But the more they keep digging and the more they keep finding over there, I visited for two weeks. It was, a, it was pretty amazing, but the more they keep finding you know, they, they let me in on it. They're just like, yeah, they keep finding stuff that proves it. And they can't, they don't, they almost don't want to keep digging because the, the people that are critics of the Bible don't want more evidence to come out. Right. They're like, no, let's just, you know, we don't want to find anything else now, you know? And then you got the people on the other side, like the Catholic church and the people that are really excited to, like, to have this faith emboldened. They're just like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to keep funding this. We're going to keep digging. And, uh, you know, there was a town over in, uh, I forgot what town it was, actually. I think it was where Mary Magdalene was from, uh, the, the, the prostitute who was, uh, became one of Jesus' disciples, um, you know, uh, if you read the gospel stories. And yeah. uh, I, she, was from, she was from the town of Magdalene, I think. That's why she was called Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or she, was from, she was from Magdala. And uh, Magdala, they look... Yeah. Magdala, yeah, and so she, yeah, exactly. like, they said they looked in one of the huts over there, and it was like, they could see somebody, somebody transcribed the name Yeshua on the wall, 
and different things yeah. like that in he in Hebrew. And I mean, Yeshua, I think, was a kind of a common name. It was like Joshua or something, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, the fact that it was all they found different names written down and transcribed and kind of carved into the side of these uh, huts over there. Eventually, these towns were were uh, destroyed uh, and and just just taken over by other nations like Persia. I think Persia took down the Roman Empire. I don't know what happened, but Rome fell. Um, and uh, you just look at every nation that's blessed Israel, and you look at every nation that's cursed Israel, and how are they doing today? Uh, you got Egypt. You know, they're just, re- they might be recovering. I don't know, but you don't hear much about what's going on over there. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got, uh, I, I heard there's one town in Israel that blesses Israel and and loves them and supports them um and it's a palestinian uh area with the arab people living there and they're flourishing they are just so blessed financially they're rich everything like that every other town in israel that doesn't bless the country that it's living in uh kind of like this america where nobody's grateful to be here and, and they hate america yeah uh they're suffering. Their towns are in shambles and they're poor. Um, you know, just, just, it, it says, you know, those who bless you, I will bless. And those who curse you, I will curse. And uh, you look at, you look at Germany, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're taking a back seat and they've been taking a back seat for a long time. Uh, you know, and so you look at America and I believe, you know, eventually we're going to turn against Israel also. I, I don't, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it says everyone will turn against Israel. And uh, what we're holding now is that is like the main country that actually cares about Israel's well-being and the fact that they're surrounded by enemy uh, territory all on all sides. And somebody told me the other day, if you took a go ahead. Yeah, I was just what 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 was like what was coming some of your more experiences in Israel like like. Um resistance like how did they see americans did you say you were christian how did how did that work out for you well so i went with a a messianic group which is uh you know some jewish people who believe jesus is the messiah and mostly mostly gentiles though mostly people who are not jewish uh by blood and they uh, are Christian or, you know, they were raised Christian. And uh, I'll tell you right now, as soon as I got off the plane over there, they, this guy came over, you know, kind of sh- ushered me over to the side, took my arm and was like, hey, come here, come here, come here. Uh, yeah, and he, he wanted to go through my bag and stuff. He wanted to, he wanted to know why I was there, uh, all this stuff. And I, it probably was because I was wearing my sunshades coming off the plane because the sun was so... It was like sea level, of course. So the sun's coming through the window on the plane. I'm wearing my shades coming off the plane. And he looked yeah. at me and I had all his facial hair and stuff and he's long hair. And he just sees one guy walking by himself with a backpack. And he was like, no, they don't care about hurt feelings over there. There is no political correctness. There is no none of that. He came, He wanted to know why I was there and yada, yada. And apparently he had the right to do all this. As soon as my rabbi came back, who you know, could be seen as a Jewish man, you know, he looks Jewish, I don't know what Jewish looks like, but he just, maybe he was wearing uh, his uh, kippah, which on top of his head, 
I don't know, but he came back and he was like, uh, he's with us. As soon as he said he's with us, like a group of people, the guy backed up and just walked away as fast as he could, just took off. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was, that was that was an introduction to them not caring. They did not care if I was there to do harm or, you know, just anything like that. You want to know probably where my carry-on bag was, too. They were probably going to hand me up. They were going to hand me up good and, and, and lock me up for as long as they needed to to figure out why I was there. And if I was there with a bunch of Bible bag or something like that, they were going to probably deport me and get me out of there or just lock me up because proselytizing, which means sharing the faith of Jesus Christ or any other faith, is uh, elite. It, you know, it's, it's, it, it's illegal now. They just voted it into law where you can face up to a year or two in prison for proselytizing um when i went a few years ago it was kind of an unspoken law where yeah they can probably make up so much charge for you to get locked up because you're out there the the peace and uh they look at uh sharing the gospel as disturbing the peace kind of over there and that's illegal so uh you know really it, it just i i was really introduced to the fact that uh, they don't care uh you're coming from America or where you're coming from. Um, they can look at all your credentials. And we still had to stand in line. And, and it was like a line of 10 different, there was like 10 different lines with tons of people standing in them. And they were checking our passports and they'd ask you simple questions like, oh, what's your business here? Okay. And you would just say vacation or, you know, touring, touring, just touring. And they're like, okay, uh, well, uh, enjoy your stay. But if they didn't stamp your stuff and they didn't say you're good, then you weren't getting in. So they, there was like some lines of defense to be like, we're controlling who comes into our country. And uh, I guess the same can't be said for, you know, people crossing on the ground. But you look at our country and the open borders we have and stuff like that. And it's not even a political issue. Let's just talk about facts, you know, where it's, you know, we don't know who's coming in and out a lot of places, you know, and, and, and that's a very real thing. Um, and so Israel's probably battling that on the ground. If they have control over the people coming in and out of their airports, they're going to take it. So, uh, you know, they, they have so many, uh, you know, enemies now, I think, you know, and they've had a lot of enemies. But, uh, you know, overall, you've got the Catholic Church over there that uh, is pretty established. You know, they have so many holy sites. Uh, you've got Islam. Uh, the Muslims are pretty established over there with their holy sites as well. Um, then you've got the temple wall, which is, uh, it's not the temple itself, but it's a wall that went to the base of the temple where the temple would sit on top of it. And uh, that's the holy place where everyone goes and, and prays. And it's, it's funny to me too, because they make you wear a kippah. Uh, if you don't have one, they give you a little paper one to put on top of your head. If you're a man, if you're a woman, you don't have to wear it. If you're a man, they were like, please, please wear this, you know, before you, you go got, in here. You got and, baptized too, right? Oh, I did. I did. Yeah, we went to, was uh, like? it was, it was nice. It was really amazing. I think uh, I had been, I, I, I was baptized when I was like 10 or 11. And, uh, you know, I wish I could say I had some miraculous difference with this baptism, yeah. but it was more so just a, just a, just a feeling of like, wow, this is, you know, uh, I, yeah, I got baptized in uh, the Sea of Galilee. Uh, well, I think the river, I don't know what river it is, but that's where Jesus was Jordan baptized. 
and the Jordan River. So yeah, yeah. Uh, where John the Baptist was baptizing people, and uh, yeah, so awesome. we all went there. And it's the big, it's a big tourism area where everybody can come and get baptized and stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, as far as religion goes and as far as faith goes, man, it's pretty embedded in most of Israel's culture over there. You've got all these different holy sites in different places. You got Hasidic Jews running around. You know, they're wearing, you know, they're doing their daily lives in, you know, top hats and 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 black suits, and uh, the women are dressed really modestly. And then you've got the Muslim people that are dressed in their in their garb also, and and a lot of women cover their faces and and stuff. So it's a really it's kind of a culture shock, you know. Um, if you didn't speak any other language besides English, you could I just I don't know if you could get around as easy as you would think um, because we had interpreters and things like that. Um, but it was a it was a good statement. It was a good uh, eye opener. That what was the water like? Know, wow, when you get back to America. Oh, uh, just not just just nice, and you know it was it was kind of cold actually. You know, cold enough to where when you got out or when you got out, you were like, or when you got in, it took the yeah. air out of your lungs. Oh, so dang. it was yeah, just a little bit, you know. So it was kind of like a spiritual body experience too. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. You know, trying to catch your breath and stuff, and and then you're getting dunked underneath it, and then once you get out, you're like, okay, let me dry off and. Uh, you know, honestly, when I was baptized younger, I was baptized in uh, waters in Okinawa where it's really warm and tropical. So it was different. Okay. It was a little different. I mean, it is it is tropical over there, but I don't know. The river itself was in the shade and everything. You know, it was just cold water coming from wherever. I don't know where it comes from, but, uh, you know, either way, it's just. Uh, um, I forgot what, what, what the last thing I was going to say about it, but. Um, you know, uh, just, uh, I, I don't know where I was going with it, man, but, um, <laughs> just, uh, you know, just overall, oh, they're just so religious over there. Everything is so surrounding religion. You've got Islam, Catholicism, mm -hmm. you've got Judaism and, yeah. uh, you know, I don't want to say anything wrong. I, I'm just going to tell you what I know. And it's like, you've got all these places that revere this land over there yeah. and, you've got so much history of the Jewish people living there and being there. And you've got the Roman empire and all these artifacts and stuff that, that they used to live, they used to be here and then they were dispersed. And then after world war II, they were given that land back and it was a big controversy, but you've got all this history of them like being in that land and being the, you know, the original owners of it. And then, you know, now they're being attacked all the time and stuff. But, you know, on, honestly, then there's this whole other side of Israel. It's like Tel Aviv. It's kind of like Las Vegas yeah. or something. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's the New York City of Israel where yeah. there's just as much worldly things going on over there as there Sin is in city. America. They got, yeah, it's in the city. They got the strip clubs and stuff over there. They've got, you know, and, and then you've just, yeah, so that's just like a nine day comparison, it seems like to uh you know certain parts of israel where they're just totally traditional they've still got sheep herders and goat herders out there shepherds they walk with their animals out there um you know they do those old those old uh uh jobs and things so yeah yeah crazy i think um for me I think you were kind of you were kind of touching on like the Old Testament and new and like the the cross references. Like I just think just 
what blows my mind is all the prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus, like in like the extreme details of these prophecies. Like, I, know. Uh, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I can't even believe like in the Old Testament, it talks about the Messiah is going to come into town on a donkey. Like, <laughs> how mm-hmm. crazy is that? And then, you know, there's, um, I think in like one of the Psalms, like God is um, telling, uh, I don't know if it's David, but God is talking about how he's, he's going to, the Messiah is going to talk in parables. Like that is so yeah. interesting to me. And that's exactly how Jesus did a lot of his sermons was he taught, he told stories. And I mean, you can read thousands of years before and the Bible is telling the Jewish people that he's going to speak in parables. Like yeah. that is so amazing to me. Um, and like, you know, saying that, is, the, yeah. saying that the, uh, the Messiah is going to be born of a virgin. And I mean, these are just prophecies that are so detailed and so, and oh yeah, they came They're outlandish true. too. Like, <laughs> like they came oh, yeah, true. Definitely. I mean, how many yeah. religions are there where the, their prophecies, you know, I'm not going to talk crap about anybody, anybody right now, but how many of their prophecies were wrong and then they had to adapt? They just, right. oh, we changed it. You right. Know? That's, right. you don't yeah, see yeah. that in the Bible. You see these prophecies nah. that are extremely detailed. They're historically accurate because, yeah, um, absolutely. you know, most historians will, will say, you know, will say that this is a, probably our best reference on history and i mean they're extremely detailed and oh yeah there's a big detail they came true a lot of them came true right and they continue to come true so um yeah yeah, that's what that stuff blows my mind like if it it, it's anybody wants to keep sharing those cross references to me um you know i just i find them all the time and i'm just like man (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i can't even believe that that's that's kind of what I was saying is uh, to you earlier today is uh you know I don't I'm pretty much regurgitating anything that I've been taught and yeah. you know I just wish you know people were because I get on YouTube and I I just I just searched for the validity of the Bible and there wasn't really anything that great that came up and I'm like really mm-hmm. really I've been I've been told so many things you know over the years that blew my mind and none of this stuff is being mentioned and it's such a cap on just the, the, the faith, you know, explosion that could happen from people. Just not that we need confirmation for it, but it's just, it's just crazy that all of it is confirming, confirming, um, you know, he's got the prophecies like, yeah, he spoke in parable and the reason God, uh, said he was going to speak in parables is to confound the wise uh, the wise men the wise people uh the people who thought that they figured it out like the you know the pharisees he he, he didn't want them to figure it out uh because you know he wanted the he wanted the people that were had a heart that was uh receptive to it and it was simple so people you know it was like god's uh backhand to the to the ones who say i'm you know the the academics and the people are too smart to understand the truth and, uh, you know, of course, prophecy is about the crucifixion and the fact that, you know, it was prophesied that, uh, I don't know if Isaiah did it. I don't know who did it, but he said, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, he said not one bone in uh, Jesus in the Messiah's body would be broken. 
on the yeah. cross and it was customary for them to break the legs of the people hanging there because they had been hanging there all day and if they hadn't suffocated yet because it's a it's a death by suffocation because you have to hold yourself up otherwise the weight of your body the way you're you're hung up there it, it prevents you from breathing so you have to lift yourself up with your legs and you just get super, you get very tired of doing that, but you have to lift yourself up almost to take a breath every single time. And they would eventually, they would break your knees. So you couldn't lift yourself up anymore and you would, you know, you would, you would suffocate and uh, then they would, they could take you down. But um, they never broke a bone in Jesus' body because they came, when they came over to him, it said he was already dead. And it's almost like this, this Roman soldier, it was also prophesied that he would be pierced in the sky. water yeah you know, water would come out i think there's a yeah old testament blood and water yeah that talks about water would come out of the side too um right yeah and, and it's almost like that roman soldier got upset like i wanted to break his legs and yeah. so he stabbed him you know or he just wanted to make sure he was dead or something but yeah. the significance of blood and water coming out it was the blood you know the water to cleanse us you know, to cleanse us and clean us, and then the blood to cover us, you know, and to make us, to make us holy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you go back to things like uh, the Exodus and where they put blood over the doorposts, uh, you know, so that the angel of death wouldn't come by and take their firstborn son. And all throughout the land, there was wailing and weeping the next morning because there were so many children that had been, you know, they had died in their sleep because they didn't put the blood over their doorposts, but the people that were told by Moses and Aaron, you know, you need to put the blood over, you know, take a goat and put the blood over you know, after you slay it. And, you know, this will be a sign for, uh, you know, the angel of God to pass over your, your, your home. And Pharaoh was one of those people who had his firstborn son die, you know, in a night. And so he, you know, it was at that point, he was like, just get out of here. You know, I, I, you know, you've caused too much pain to this country, and now you've taken my son. Your God has done this, and obviously, if you know, he, he wants me to let you go. I, I, I'm done. And then, of course, he had a change of heart and was pursuing them. And you know, God had to deal with them in other ways. But uh, you know, there's there's just another story too. I don't want to keep going on tangents and stuff. But uh, you know, I didn't know this before, but the uh, but like so the uh, you know the story of Jonah when he was told to go to Nineveh and talk to them and tell them to repent because God wanted to save that nation and he wanted them to turn back to God I you know apparently they were they were really falling away from God's ways and they were pagan um and apparently you know Jonah didn't want to go and he told God this too because he you know, that's a potential enemy of Israel, right? So he was prejudiced against that nation. He didn't want to because he said, if I tell them this, they will repent and you will forgive them because you're a merciful God. And I don't want, you know, so he didn't want that to happen. And eventually God forces him to go, swallowed up by a whale, you know, spit out on the, on the, on the beach where he could go to Nineveh now. And when he talks to the king of Nineveh, uh, he instantly said, oh, we need to repent. Let's everybody put on sackcloth and rub ashes on yourself. We're going to uh, make sacrifices to the God of Israel, you know, and I didn't know this. It's documented that that's the same. The king of Nineveh 
was the Pharaoh of Egypt. He was, he was spared. And the, and when the, when the waters came together and crashed against his armies and destroyed them from pursuing Israel across, uh, you know, the, the sea, uh, he was spared. He was the only survivor, uh, according yeah. to scripture that, you know, and, and, and he ends up being the leader of Nineveh. So he remembers. And so God spared him for that very reason, just to cause that nation to repent later and say, yeah. you remember me? And he was like, oh, yeah, I do. I do. You know, uh, wow. This is, you know, so. Uh, the fear of God came see, on him. Sure sure. Did. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then you've got other uh, stories like, you know, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those were, those were their pagan names. I don't, I don't know what their Hebrew names were before that, but they were changed. You know, they took away their identity and they made yeah. them slaves, basically. And. Uh, but you've got stories like that where, you know, they were spared from the furnace and there was a fourth man walking around and they're like, what is that? That's a fourth. Didn't we put three men in there? And they're like, yeah. And then he's like, well, you need to turn that, turn that furnace up hotter. And when they turned it up as high as it could go, it got out of control and it ended up killing like a, a few people that were around it, you know, manning. Yeah. yeah. Bystander, they just, they, they died. And, and this guy was like, oh, I can't believe what's going on. And then when they came out, it was like, surely your God is is the most powerful God out of any God. And everyone needs to bow down to that God and worship that God. And he said, anyone who doesn't bow down is going to be put to death. And I was like, wow. You know, so he, he enacted that law where, you know, before the the penalty was to die if they didn't worship his statue. Yeah. At, at certain, you know, certain times of day, everybody was supposed to turn and bow down and worship the statue of him. And he takes that and does a 180 degrees hurt and says, wow, your God is, is, is the true God, you know, of all gods. And, you know, if anyone doesn't, doesn't, uh, you know, revere him and, and take notice of, of the, of your God, you know, uh, then they will be put to death. And yeah, you know, that was his decree. And so, I mean, there's a lot of instances in the Bible where it's like, I don't, understand a lot of it and, and, and things like that but there was a lot of instances where israel was held captive um you know by other nations and god allowed them to be in exile and uh you know then they came back to the land uh, the promised land and then they were in exile again and now they're back you know and of course you have the holocaust that happened and different things you know it's just like what, yeah. what these people have these people have been through so much that's the thing and that's the same thing with like just the bible in itself is like the attacks that the bible has had to go through throughout history well yeah that, that i'm sitting here with one and it just continues to oh stand yeah the test of time i think is uh enough evidence for me that it's the word of God. <laughs> yeah how, how much how much would people want to destroy that you know knowledge? yeah and you see like there was i don't know there's a story of a a man, um, he got saved because his his house burned down, and when his house burned down, everything was in a rubble. But he noticed that the Bible was completely not burned. It was just it was the only wow. thing that made it made it through that fire in his house, and that that just opened his yeah. eyes and made him realize that this book really holds some divine protection on it. Um, Oh, it does. Yeah. Uh, you know, if God, if God wills it, I mean, uh, another story similar to that, my synagogue up here, they, uh, they, 
you know, they rent from a church or they, they do their services on Saturday in a church building that does services on Sunday as well. So they're, you know, they're allowed to use it on Saturdays for our church services. And they had a fire breakout in that, in that chapel. Um, and they still have services at other places now, because I think maybe they're still renovating and trying to fix it. But they have the Torah scroll, which is the whole Old Testament, right? It's all scrolled up and it's in this wooden cabinet and everything around it was burned. But the, the cabinet and the, and the Torah was preserved or the, the Torah inside was preserved. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, that's not I mean, they don't have a. it's not fireproof. That's a wooden yeah. cabinet, <laughs> you know. No. So, I mean, it would be cool if they, they fireproofed it, like, we can't lose this or something. That's not what happened. So. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a cool that. story, man. Yeah, that is Oh, well, cool. that's, the, yeah, that's, so that's something that happened, I don't know, last year. I don't know if it was electrical fire or what happened. Uh, but uh, they've been holding services at other places now for a while now i just uh always have I, I go to the wrong place they had a tent outside the church that they were holding it in for a while and last week i still went to the wrong place i went to the tent and then i was like oh i looked on i had to get on facebook and say oh they're at this location today uh you know and stuff so i, I think it's still pretty burned up or something's going on where they don't hold services there anymore so that tells a big testimony you know yeah it's a big uh big story man uh and that's you know and that's when i have to remind myself you know uh i forgot who said it. it's a it's a it's a, it's a well-known i don't know if it's well known but it's a quote that somebody uh said it said human beings uh you know forget what they should remember and remember what they should forget yeah. and that's one of our biggest problems and i need to think about that more often you know um there's things that happen to me or things in life that i shouldn't even be remembering i should forget about them because god's already handled it you know if i believe he will uh he's already handled the pain that that i can keep experiencing within everything that comes under that and so to remember certain things is uh destructive uh to forget certain things as well is very uh detrimental yeah. You know, to forget. I think I've a lot, of the, a lot of the things that that's how God has demonstrated Himself to like Israel and the Israel people was He kept being like, "Remember when I did this?" Like, you know. And then true, uh, true. Jesus did the same thing too. He would tell stories about stories that the Jewish people understood, um, and people yeah, true. remember. You know, and and their faith was kind of was essentially restored because of remembering what god has done in your life yeah um, definitely yeah so that's why i'm always that, i'm always trying to do that. i'm always trying to like remember how god's gotten me out of a lot of situations and um right you know and that and then that kind of just uh brings in gratitude and and then you begin you begin worshiping and it's just uh yeah it's just kind of like your faith gets restored when you can remember what is holy and what's good what's happened to you uh previously right yeah right yeah. that's good that's a good point man because there's so much evil around us and 
in the world today. And I mean, the, the technology we have nowadays, we can click anywhere now and find evil things going on and uh, terrible yeah. things happening to people. And I mean, terrible things are happening to us every day too. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, you know, what kind of world they're people living in where they say, I'm too blessed to be stressed and this and this and this. And it's like, well, you're the only one that's blessed then, you know, you must be special, you know, but you're lying to yourself and then you're lying to other people too. You're telling them that they can be too blessed to be stressed also. And it's just not true. You know, there's real suffering in this world. And, uh, but, uh, you know, to go along with your point of remembering things, dude, um, the, uh, the, the holidays and the feasts that the Jewish people were told they, they needed to celebrate every year. It, you know, the, the only reason they're celebrating them is to remember what God did for them as a nation. Yeah. And, you know, you've got uh, Passover, which is to remember, you know, him passing, it's passing over their doorway, you know, and not, not, not taking the life of their children. Um, if they put the blood over the doorpost. So, you know, these, these are all real, uh, you know, old Testament, uh, holidays, most of them, you know, uh, and then you've got newer ones like Hanukkah, but, uh, I think Jesus celebrated Hanukkah, you know, they all celebrated it. Um, unless this is after Jesus, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm misspeaking here because I think this is after, uh, Jesus's time, but, uh, there was a miracle of, you know, the candle staying lit. I don't know much about the holiday, but, you know, for yeah. so many days there was only enough oil in there for it to stay lit for maybe a day or something but then the candle stayed lit for a week or something you know and they were just like oh my gosh and that's why there's seven candles yeah. to represent seven days yeah. and uh but it was a time when they were being persecuted go figure they were being slaughtered and uh you know they were killing pregnant women and you know hanging their babies you know from the side of buildings and stuff and, you know, cutting out their babies and hanging them and just, just terrible things, man. And it's just like a, it's like the devil's never really changed. You've got Germany in, in World War II when they uh, committed the Holocaust, the same the type of things were happening. They were hanging people and, and just gassing them, just the most brutal types of, you know, just firing squads and burying them in mass graves and, uh, you know, how are these, how are these things repeating themselves in history? So, you know, blindly, it seems like, but it also very intentionally. And I think it's the spirit of the antichrist that we war against as believers every single day. And, uh, you know, it's already, you know, Jesus said, I tell you, the spirit of the antichrist is already here in the world. He's already among you. And, uh, I'm like, well, he said it, you know, uh, he's explaining everything evil that's going on right now and everything to come. And uh, it says the evil was reserved for the day of judgment. Um, you know, it, it's allowed to exist so that people can uh, be punished for their, for their deeds and uh, their wrongdoing. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's hope for justice, you know, justice is going to prevail. Um, it might not be in this life, even, you know, because I think, who was it? I think it was Stalin. I think he died at a ripe old age, just in his bed. And he was cursing God the whole time. I think, uh, yeah. you know, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't suffer at all. <laughs> I don't know. He killed so many Jews. 
yeah. more than uh, Hitler did. And uh, you just you just see these people; they're not they're receiving justice in this life. They're in Bible too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so when that starts happening in America, you know, you know it's you know it's about to get real. But uh, yeah. I love that movie, uh, Book of Eli, with uh, Denzel Washington. It's a really good movie, dude. I don't know if you watched it yet or not, I but. It's really good, man. It's 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 kind of you know Hollywooded up and stuff, but it, it yeah. brings some like a really good story, which is you know we had an Armageddon happen where nuclear bombs went off and some people lost their eyesight and you know just terrible things happened. But they're trying. There's all these little pockets of Mad Max towns, and this guy's leading this whole town right, and he's sending these people out to search for a book. And every time they come back, they're getting all these books and pouring them out and saying, is it here? And they're like, no, it's not, it's not, it's not the one I'm looking for. And then you have Denzel Washington, who's been walking around, you know, surviving by himself, basically. And he reads this book every night. And when he gets to that town, the guy finds out because of something he said to somebody, you know, or somebody starts praying before dinner and he's like where did you hear that where'd you where'd you learn that from and it was like you know she was like oh, i learned it from uh from the stranger this you know this your guest or and then from that moment on he's trying to kill him and he knows he has the bible he's like you have a book in your position that i would yeah. greatly like to have and the rest of the movie is him trying to keep it away from him because he he thinks god told him to take it to the east and just keep walking east and you know the, i'm not going to spoil the end of the movie or anything but he's trying to preserve that bible and it's a bible um and this guy's trying to use it he said there's a really famous line in that movie where he said you know whoever has that book as long as you have that book and you can tell people that it says that in the book if it says it in the book they'll listen to it it's happened before and it'll happen again mm. Mm. And, and it's just like, wow, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, to control people, to tell them, because then you go back to the times when people couldn't read, you yeah. know, in, in, in England and things like that. Yeah, they couldn't read. Yeah. So they told them what the Bible said, and they told them yeah. that they had to pay all this tax and different things like that. And yeah. eventually, they got a few people that could read a little bit, and they said, ah, we're leaving, you know. And then this country was started. Yeah, and the printing yeah. press, dude. Yeah. So, so, and then without the printing press, you, the only way you were going to learn how to read is by writing, you yeah. know, or reading things people wrote down also, you know, so there wasn't really a big, uh, you know, you've got all the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, all of the old, all of the books of the Bible were written by hand. And then they were transcribed, of course. But yeah, the printing press, you're right, man. That's a big, big, yeah, I think uh, that's probably. Point. The, yeah, the reasoning behind, uh, you know, the break from the Catholic Church was people were like, wait a minute, I don't need to listen to a priest oh, yeah. to read what the God, what the Word of God is saying anymore. So why, and it yeah. doesn't say that I have to listen, I have to do, you know, all these Hail Marys and stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. And then you have, yeah. I think God also used the people who didn't believe to, you know, start this country because you had... The promise of religious freedom and yeah. you if you lived in england you were going to be catholic and if you went against the catholic church you were uh you were damned you know they, they were you know you were persecuted for it so 
you had probably a lot of non-Christian people that were like, I want to go somewhere where I'm, I don't have to believe in this and stuff. So in a way, God used the people who weren't faithful also, I think, to like rise up. But then you, but, but you look at all the founders of this country, they really, they really hearken to a creator and they hearken to, a, you know, a God that grants inalienable rights to mankind that, you know, we're all created equal and things like that. And I'm like, well, they didn't get this from their own brain. They figured this yeah. out by reading, you know, something holy, you know, or something, you know, they, they, they heard from God or they read the Bible and they got these things from the Bible. You know, they didn't just make all this stuff up. Um, you know, uh, that's what I think about myself. Sometimes I'm like, I'm like, Oh, you think, you know, I tell people sometimes I'm like, you think I actually figured that out? Or you think I came up with that? No way. I would have come up with that in my flesh and in my, you know, humanity. I wouldn't have come up with, you know, don't do this, don't do this, or it's not good to do that and stuff. I never would have even like entertained that thought. It's not going to serve my flesh. Uh, so it's the spirit that, you know, is, is transformed and, um, you know, we just got to keep renewing our minds daily, you know, like Paul said, just keep renewing our minds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and for, yeah, absolutely, dude, and, and prayer and, uh, you know, just yeah. uh, meditation and just meditate on the words that uh, that God spoke and, and people heard God speak and the prophecies and uh, just the teachings of Jesus Christ, because, you know, I don't know, I don't, you know, it's just you know, I was a believer way before I knew that information, but the fact that, you know, it's pointed out that there were so many witnesses to his resurrection and, and, and all this evidence, it's just like, no, they never found his body either. You know, they were, if they could produce a body, you know, the Pharisees were running around like, if we can bring a body, we'll stop this. We'll stop this. And Rome was the same way. They were like, no way. This uprising we tried to prevent just blew up in our face because now they believe he resurrected and they're all they're going crazy and so the persecution started happening but you know um just the evidence behind all of that uh you know i don't know i don't know what my my major point with that was but i I was a believer before all that stuff was really revealed to me um even though it's in the scripture nobody ever taught me that stuff they never told me yeah this is why you should believe that because it's true you know it's true and it's like if jesus claimed to be god and and all of this is true also i should probably believe that's that's the most likely outcome that's the most likely uh reality and then see what and then trust god and be like well show me who you are and it's like oh you know then you open up all these doors man and uh god's just opening doors for you and he's holding the door open man he's not even just opening the door he's holding it open so that you you can walk through it you know and like you don't even have to you don't even have to touch the door you know it's kind of like wow you know you just see how god's promises are true for the individual as much as it's true for the nation of Israel. And yeah. then, you know, you've got, you got that replacement theology, which is trying to like destroy, yeah. uh, you know? And, and so like, it, but it's on an individual level too. Like if God can give up on Israel, he can give up on you, you know? So don't be so quick to say, you know, well, uh, the Jews just won't, they just won't believe, you know? Yeah. And you, you just have to ask yourself, well, you didn't believe, you know, at one point in your life. 
uh, you didn't just grow up believing it wholeheartedly. You had to actually come through some tribulation and some uh, testing of your faith before you actually you yeah, know, the decided, I'm going to go into this. It is, man. It's demanding. It is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Demanding of action. And that's yeah. the hard part is we can't even – a lot of times I can't even, like, take action – in my own personal life for frivolous things and so i definitely need guys hope to take action on things that are way above my pay grade um, yeah you know what i'm saying so if i'm asked to do something and i know god wants me to do it it's definitely him doing it because i already know he's proven to me like see you can't even do your own things how are you going to do you know so it's just all about uh you know, progressing and just getting better at it. But it really is the Holy Spirit that allows you to do his will. And uh, he's not going to ask you to do something. He doesn't give you the power to carry out. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that. And so I also want to take that authority over my own life and say, well, I can do all these other things too. If, you know, the spirit is with me, I don't have to suffer and feel like I can't accomplish this or this or this. You know, if it's if it's good, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is nice, you know, whatever is uh, godly and holy, think of such things, you know, but you set your mind on things above and, uh, you know, the, the rest will follow, I think, you know. But, yeah, that's that's amazing. It's just like uh, I heard somebody say a man with God is the advantage. And it's like. That's a good point. It's like the story of Gideon, you know, 400 people against Gideon and God was still not, a, was still too many. <laughs> you know, right. It's like, uh, right. That's, you know, wild, that's, one man. Of my, that's one of my favorite stories is just like, his God was basically like, um, you know, right. The army against Gideon is still, it's just, it's, it's yeah. like or the yeah. people or the uh, people on Gideon's side it, he had too many like it was just like God was basically like I'm God you know I, I me know. and you are the advantage and Gideon was no, scared yeah. and fearful so oh yeah that's well, something like, I just, what do you think when I remember yeah absolutely what, what, what would you think it's just like oh send half the army home and then you just think about the ways God did it to it and, and wonder how meticulously he thought of like okay any man that doesn't want to fight send him home and yeah then it was like and, and then it was, yeah and then it was like okay any man and knowing these people's hearts and knowing their lives too he's like you know any man who has a family and send him home or something it was some there were such specific things too where it's like any man who uh you know uh is of this age or something you know and it was just like wow you know he whittled that army down so that yeah. he could glorify himself but it wasn't just like send this amount of people home send this amount of people home, send this amount of people home. The categories that he decided to tell Gideon to tell the army were so specific. It was like, God said, I know who you are. I know who these people are. I'm going to whittle this down by having you ask them these specific questions and yeah. then saying you should go home. You know, and I'm still going to, you're still going to win this battle. And I don't even know how many casualties they have for the war. But, you know, a lot of that stuff is just super detailed, man. It's like, yeah, how, it's many, how many, you know, how many men they lost and different things like that. And, yeah. you know, West Point, 
in uh, the U.S. here, the, the Army College, uh, they study yeah. wars and, and stuff like that. They won't study any wars that Israel's been in because there's nothing to glean from it. There's no explanation for why they won that war or this battle. And, you know, you look at the most recent things when they were attacked uh, in the 40s, uh, right after they came back from, uh, you know, Germany. And uh, there's the Six-Day War. Um, you know, there's, I, there's another one that they were involved in. That you can't explain that they yeah. did not have they did not have like a tenth of what was coming against them and they still withstood it and then not only that they took land back they took land from those people they pushed them back so far that they took a lot of territory and they then England more. was like yeah yeah they, they gained a lot more territory mm -hmm. and then England and everybody else wanted to police and say Oh, that's not very nice. You need to give them back uh, their land and stuff. And Israel did. You know, they actually did. And I mean, eventually they kept some of it. After the second war, they said, we're taking the Golan Heights. We're not getting shelled from the Golan Heights anymore because that was a big spot they were shooting rockets and mortars from. So they took back that part, you know, but they gave back all the land they took, you know, uh, from the six day war, I think. And it was kind of like God said, don't, don't test us again, you know? And it was like, Oh yeah, we'll just, we'll just give the land back to be nice. But they, they just, you know, defended their land so good that they pushed them back. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I really enjoyed this conversation about Israel. And yeah. Stuff. I mean, that was good stuff. Man. It's, it's all relative, you know, the, the Bible yeah. and scripture is, is super, super and powerful we can, man we can make it and it's extremely personal it's a it's a love story to us individually too um yeah you're right which is amazing um and we could talk about that for hours uh, but we're running out of time and um yeah we can talk about forever man <laughs> we can talk about forever which which uh, which i mean me and you are going to do but yeah you know. we'll do anyway uh we'll mm -hmm. do that on our own time and <laughs> on our phone call right but, uh, yeah yeah um yeah so Anybody listening, we appreciate it. Um, tonight was just kind of a, a chill hangout, chill chat. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to, kind of talk about uh, our new, the new Facebook prayer group. Um, Luke, do you want to, you oh, want to yeah. share a little bit about that so we can get, if anybody wants to join it, um, that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, so right now we've got. Uh... It's called Christian Metal Prayer. We started the group uh, based on a couple friends that, uh, you know, they do Zoom call prayer meetings, um, yeah. you know, once a week or twice a week or something. And, uh, you know, I basically started it so that they could run the group um, and just invite my friends and anybody can invite, you know, whoever they want to it. And it's just a place to put prayers and answer prayers and what God's doing in our lives and just pray for one another. And, you know, they're going to start posting their Zoom uh, links on there every weekend and uh, announcing their prayer uh, times and their meetings. And yeah. I think, man, I just don't even know how it started, man. This is just such a God this is just, I hate when people say it's a God thing because it's like, what isn't a God thing? You know, yeah. you want to categorize God into That's one thing. True. So, so, but, 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 but this really is just is, such though. a, let me, let me, let me explain it this way. It's such an unexplainable, like, uh, like formation 
of uh, fruit event. From it too. You know, it's been amazing. Yeah, that too, dude. Where where you're just like, I didn't even, uh, you know, you just take that step of faith or something, and uh, you know, you've got these people that are already really prayer warriors, and you know, I know they're blessed, and it just the fact that, you know, they were brought into our lives, you know, yeah. and we, you know, all we've done is play music and uh, get on here and stuff, and and yeah. and just have our 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 talks and stuff, and God's bringing, you know, He brings the uh, he brings the spoils, you know, he brings the, 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 the blessings. So I just want to praise God for that too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're always doing amazing. So you can join things. that group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so feel it's free to join it. And... Yeah. We'll put the, we'll put the link on, uh, on the description of, uh, the video and this podcast, but, um, it's been beautiful to see the people in there, uh, reaching out for prayer or answering, you know, answering prayers and, stepping up and, and wanting to just, you know, build a community, which is something that we, we really wanted to do with finding Neverland. And, uh, just, I don't even know the way that we're meeting people. That's the thing, Luke, you were kind of explaining is it's just kind of mind blowing the people that are coming into our lives uh, that we really can't even explain. And we're just so thankful for, for God to bring yeah, these dude. people and these people that are just so, uh, just so they're, they're so, that they're so blessed and uh the treasure that's inside of them that they want to pour into other people is just uh amazing and the people in in the christian metal prayer group have uh, really inspired me so um totally yeah, if you guys want to join and it's not uh, yeah and it's not like anything you know that we did as a band or anything so they're not even attached right. to our band you know like we're not even really like the founders of that uh movement it's just god just said okay thanks for you know taking that step and it's just like boom you know now he's in control of it and i'm like wow he's gonna be glorified you know um like our our band is not you know a sponsor per se of that facebook group it was just an idea that you know we want other people to take up and take the reins on and and just really you know, see what God can do through it, man, you know, yeah. just, just keep, just keep, uh, the faith and keep building each other up and just build a community of people. And it's, it's called Christian metal prayer group, but that's just because the first people that thought of it or whatever were, you know, metal heads, but, uh, yeah. there's not going to be anything that anyone can't participate in, in the family of God, you know? So I think it's going to be so fruitful. We don't even, we can't even predict it you know we can't even think think about what's going to happen so you know just uh check it out check it out definitely and and participate and uh you'll meet a lot of great people i think uh because we already have so yeah yeah and so you don't have to be a metalhead to be in the the prayer group um if you just want to you want to uh ask questions or, or have prayer for you uh we'd love to have you in there so uh we'll put the link in there um we're really excited for what Yahweh's doing man it's beautiful it's exciting the, the people that we're meeting um I can't even explain like the joy that I'm having with some of these uh interactions and so um yeah, yeah. so I think we're we're running out of time but um yeah dude yeah this week this week's been cool um I guess we'll see you guys next Friday night um 
Sounds yeah, good to me. Yeah, I don't know what day that is. Twenty first. Um, I don't know if we have a guest speaker or anything, but um, we'll try and get one. We might get one. Yeah, that'd be cool. We're, we're gonna make. We're gonna reach out and see if we can get some more insight. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. Uh, All, right, All right. Well. Well, I love you, dude. Love you, man. Till next week. Um, All right. We'll see you guys. Get in that Christian metal prayer group uh, for sure. Meet some people. Absolutely. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. So, later. <laughs>